And I'm also going to say welcome to you every week. Uh, so whether this is your first time, your 40th time, your third time, I don't know, thousandth, whatever. How many ever times you've been with us? Uh, Thanks for coming. Glad you're glad you are here. Uh, Whether you are live and in person or listening to the podcast at some point, the live stream's coming, people. It's coming. The gremlins are just they're they're real. They're man. Somebody keeps feeding them after midnight. They keep getting wet. I mean, it's just it is just not. We need to shine some light on them, I guess. Right? Um, Did I get all three things there? What are the three rules? No light. Don't get them wet, and don't feed them after midnight. Okay. Cool. Got it. Cool, making sure I got my 80s. I saw that movie in the theater. That's right. That's how old I am. But anyway, hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Donnie Holiday, and uh, glad that you are uh, glad that you are here as we continue our theme of Kingdom of Heaven, uh, where heaven and earth meet. Got it painted here. Got a really cool slide for it. Uh, there, every year we have a uh, a theme uh, to kind of keep me on track and to give y'all an idea of what to expect uh, when you come in here on Thursday nights. Um, so this is what we've been talking about, is where heaven and earth meet. And as you look around the room, we always paint the room uh, for, the, for the theme. And, and the tent-looking thing over there is called the tabernacle uh, in the first part of the Bible, which is traditionally called the Old Testament, which I don't particularly care for because um, I like the Old Testament. I don't like that it's called the Old Testament. That sounded weird. Um, I don't like that it's called the Old Testament because a lot of times we're like, oh, there's an old and a new. I'll just skip to the new. But there's plenty of good stuff in there. But that's called the tabernacle. It's kind of like the mobile temple before... Uh, the Israelites got into Jerusalem. That was the place where heaven and earth meet. And then when we get into the second part of the Bible, uh, Jesus comes on the scene and, and he becomes the place uh, where heaven and earth meet. And in his first, um, in his first really public proclamation uh, of his ministry, uh, he says that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And this is our theme verse. Every year we like to kind of have one verse that we constantly jump off from. So it's painted back there and there. Um, a lot of different English translations. Maybe you maybe you use a, a different Bible translation that maybe says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or it's come near, or uh, it's arriving, or if it's an old school translation, it hath come nigh. That's a good one. Um, but I like has arrived because it means it's already here. It has arrived. There's, and so a lot of times we think of heaven as this far-off future hope, and it is that, but it's also very much a, uh, a present reality. And so with our theme verse being Matthew 4.17, it kind of makes sense that we would uh, stay in Matthew's gospel uh, all summer. All summer? Summer's over. Oh, it's been a time. Whew, okay. Uh, long weekend coming up, y'all. Long weekend coming up. Um, yeah, indeed. Um, the school year, we're going to be looking at Matthew. Matthew's really long gospel. It's 28 chapters. They're not like textbook chapters, which is good news. It's not like reading Okim, thankfully. Um, but uh, 28 chapters will be hard to do in a, in a school year. Uh, so we've split it up into three series right now. If you, if you look kind of in the back there, the kingdom of heaven is like. Those are parables, stories about Jesus. That's kind of where we are right now. Then we'll jump into when Jesus starts interacting with some people. And then we'll wrap up the year looking at some of Jesus' preaching. Uh, but that's what we're going to be doing, all in an effort to show that heaven and earth have already met. They have come together in the person of Jesus. And our theme verse even says that with the whole has arrived um, idea, because that word that's translated has arrived in the original uh, Greek, which is what the New Testament's written mostly in, the, is Greek, it literally means to join one thing to another. Uh, so this whole idea of heaven and earth meeting and Jesus saying that, really comes together more in the original language there. Jesus is basically saying that heaven and earth have come together um, in the kingdom of heaven. 
And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, for all year. I want to always kind of give everybody a heads up for that in case you haven't been in a while or have never been before. Um, and we're going to look at some, another parable uh, tonight. I'm going to pray, and then we are uh, really going to dive in. So uh, do what you do when you pray. God, thank you uh, for today. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for each person here. Uh, I pray that for the next little bit, God, you would just uh, speak for me. Uh, Just say what you uh, want me to say. Don't let me say anything you don't want me to say. And uh, I pray for all of us, God, that you would help us to hear uh, what it is that you want us to hear tonight. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, so I read something recently that at the end of 2022, the average American household was carrying approximately $102,000 in debt. $102,000 in debt. Now, there's no need to raise your hand, but how many of you are going to graduate with debt? You don't don't raise your hand. I'm not looking. I mean, a lot of folks do. That's kind of like, it seems to be, that's just, it's the American way, going to debt. Yay. And here's the thing with debt. Debts either have to be repaid, typically with plenty of interest. Um, Let me step over here for a second. Um, Athdad, as I'm sometimes called, tip. When it comes time for a mortgage, if every month you pay the monthly mortgage plus one-twelfth, then at the end of the year you will have paid 13 payments. That will save you thousands of dollars and like 8 to 10 years in the mortgage. So do that. Um, like legit, because interest is ridiculous. But debts either have to be repaid, oftentimes with interest, or they're forgiven. A lot of us are like, oh, keep that student loan forgiveness a thing. Come on. Um, But tonight's parable is all about this idea. It's all about debt and all about uh, forgiveness. And forgiveness is a difficult thing, but it's useful because here's the thing, y'all. You know this. People mess up all the time. And how we handle them when they mess up is really a hugely important part of life. And spoiler, sometimes we're the them that is messed up. But I think tonight will be helpful because here's the thing about forgiveness. It helps everybody impacted by the effects of sin. And that's like big sin, like the world is, you know, that's just sin in general, but also specific things. It helps everybody impacted by it. Forgiveness helps the person who was wronged and the person who did the wrong. Now, forgiveness is a tough thing, so I'm going to say something to this effect throughout the night. I understand this is hard. Okay, I, I don't know what you're um, bringing into this. Right now, you might be thinking of something terrible that's been uh, done to you that you just don't believe you're ever going to be able to forgive uh, the person for. Maybe you've done something uh, that you don't know that you're ever going to be forgiven uh, for. Forgiveness is hard. Okay, it's very hard. It's uh, super emotional. And I'm not going to, but I'm not going to tell you tonight that, you know, at the, at the end of tonight, you better make sure you're forgiven everybody of everything they've ever done wrong. No, we're not doing that. Um, but I want to try to show that forgiveness helps. Okay, it helps all of us. It helps each of us, even though it is uh, really hard. Tonight is going to be hard. I'll just be honest with you. But if we'll soften our hearts, we'll be better for it. And that soft hearts idea is going to come up a lot tonight. Because our question, and I like doing this. I like asking questions. I think questions stick better um, than statements. Our question for tonight is, how soft is my heart? Um, that's kind of you know, tagline for tonight, whatever you want to call it. I just think questions stick better than statements, even statements that 
you know, rhyme or have alliteration or whatever. And if you'll ask yourself this question, because me being like, how soft is your heart? That's just not going to do anything. Uh, but if, you're, if you'll dare to actually ask yourself this question, um, I think it'll make, it'll make a big difference because a soft heart is absolutely critical for forgiveness. Hello, friends. It is Sam, your Minister of Outreach at CCF. We experienced some technical difficulties in the middle of our podcast. And so there's going to be a quick change in the audio for about three minutes, and then it will return to uh, something that sounds a little bit more normal. So sorry about that. So before we, and I, I know I definitely did, start feeling too good about ourselves, like I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't demand repayment of a couple of bucks. Oh, well, would you have three or four months pay? I mean, probably so. All right, so we choked and then Peggy, what you up? So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Which should have sounded familiar. Like, it should have been one of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah. But it didn't. He refused, went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Why do you think the fellow servants are greatly distressed? Okay, choke the dude. That's not good. No, these are all servants of the same king. Well, and I'm wondering, does that mean that like, they have that one person that's just worthy to be the audience that's first question over the next question? Because they're worthy to be the... Okay, yep. It's like, oh, I owe them some money too. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's just, I think, chances are... And, you know, this is not, Jesus makes up these stories. We're not, we're not trying to figure out who were these people. But, you know, if somebody has a massive debt, everybody knows about it. And it's like, man, this dude was not forgiving at all. He really should have been. So the master summons him and says to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? How does mercy figure in to forgiveness? In this story or big picture, how, how does mercy figure in to forgiveness? You don't deserve mercy. Okay, you don't deserve mercy. And the debt's supposed to be paid, so it's a gift. It's an action of him not following the consequences and stepping away. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times we think of mercy as lazy people doing things, but you very much did something by not doing what you had the right to do. Um, the first servant gets treated like a person by the master, but does not treat his fellow servant like a person. Yeah, a lot of times we think of, we think of mercy as, well, you just didn't do anything, but you very much did something by not doing what you had the right to do. Um, the first servant gets treated like a person by the master, but does not treat his fellow servant like a person. Uh, and it's... It's easy to not show mercy to an entity, a thing. When you, when you dehumanize somebody, it's super easy not to be merciful or, or kind or, or, or whatever with that. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's, demanding, he's demanding his rights. And so in anger, 
His master is now demanding his rights. His master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. What's that last part? How, like that last verse. I think it... This is... Feels like it ends a little nicer if it ends with verse 34, but it goes on to that verse 35. Also, my heavenly Father would do to every one of you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. What do you think about that? How does that? What does that sound like to you? How do you hear that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Puts you back in the shoes of the person who, like Bobby was just talking about, is forgiven of a lot. When oftentimes we try to be like, oh, I'm the king. I, I forgive all the time. I'm the king. Uh, that phrase puts you back in the shoes. Like, no, nah, dude, you're, you're the guy who didn't forgive. Yeah, we always like finding ourselves in these stories. We always find ourselves as the good guy. I used to, the church I worked at before I came here, one of the elders used to always say, if you read a story in the Bible and identify with the good guy, you are reading it wrong. It's just like, hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, y'all, it, it kind of sounds like a threat. But really, it's just a factual statement about based on how your heart is, that's going to determine forgiveness for you. Because here's the thing. We understand your, your heart has to be soft to give forgiveness. What we oftentimes miss is your heart also has to be soft to receive it. Okay, I mean, this is not a threat. Okay, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive. It's if you're not able to forgive, you're not able to be forgiven either. Not because God can't forgive you, but because you can't accept it. Forgiveness requires a softened heart, which is why our question again for the night is how soft is my heart? You know, I think about if you if you've if you've seen the movie Inside Out. You know, near, near the end when, uh, when it's Riley, right? Isn't that her name? Okay. I was thinking it was Riley, but then I looked at I, Riley, and I was like, maybe I'm just looking at her because it's Riley. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like when she just totally gets desensitized to everything. Like, that's when things get really bad. And when we harden our hearts, when we're, you know, when we're bitter, when we're just seeking vengeance, whatever, I mean, that's, that's a problem. That's not good. Um, so that the softness of our heart and forgiveness are linked, but forgiveness, it's not, just that, it's not that simple. Oh, I just need to soften my heart, and then forgiveness will be easy. Because there's still a lot to consider with forgiveness. I think we misunderstand forgiveness uh, a good bit. I think we have some ideas of what forgiveness is um, and what it's not, and some of those are right, and some of them aren't. So I want to share with you a, a list. It's, it's, not, it's non-exhaustive. It's not everything, but seven things that forgiveness is and seven things that it's not. All right, I'm going to read them real quick and then give you all a chance for us to discuss a little bit. So forgiveness is canceling a debt owed to you. Forgiveness is removing control the offender has over you. Forgiveness is giving a gift to your offender and yourself. Forgiveness is forsaking revenge. It's also leaving ultimate justice in God's hands. Forgiveness is an ongoing process. Forgiveness is wanting good for your offender. But forgiveness is not... Denying that sin occurred. It's not enabling sin. It's not necessarily responding to an apology. 
Forgiveness is not covering up crimes committed against you. It's not forgetting. It's not trusting. It's not reconciling. What jumps out? What do you like? Okay, it's not trusting. Ooh, enabling. It's not enabling. Okay. What does that mean? Like when you, when you hear that, when you hear that it's not enabling, what do you think that, what do, you, what do we think about that? Like what does that mean to say forgiveness is not enabling sin? Okay, so there's still some, there still has to be some accountability. Okay. Okay, yeah. Man, y'all are all about people's humanity tonight. Awesome. That's good. Okay, yeah. Sonny, what you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just pretend it didn't happen. Just be apathetic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lily. Recon- the, the, one of the best shorthand I've ever heard of that is reconciliation is a two-way street and forgiveness is a one-way street, you know? And kind of like forgiveness and repentance, when those two meet, oftentimes you get reconciliation. Um, you know, if the person repents and you forgive them, cool. But, I mean, y'all, I've forgiven people of things they haven't repented of. I'm sure people have forgiven me of things they haven't repented of. Uh, Andrew, what are you going to say, man? I think that's why that one's way down at the bottom underneath it's an ongoing process. Because that's probably going to take a while to get there. I mean, quite honestly, that's probably going to take a while. The good one that makes me understand that is um, God makes the sun shine for the good and the bad. Mm. And it makes me understand that God's willing to have goodness for everybody. And if we were to be like, oh, you don't deserve that, you don't deserve it, then we're all so bad. Yeah. Casper, what you going to say something? Yeah, you know, oh, sorry. I was just going to say Go that if, if everyone works differently, right? And you're all different. And it also depends on whatever someone did to you or mm-hmm. however you see things. But I feel like all of this apply because it's kind of like a healing process. Mm-hmm. So like being one healing process, you have, you can just check on a lot of those. But it doesn't mean, but I think like the biggest thing that I will like take out of Mm, yeah, mm, that's good. So it's like, also, it, the, the hardest one for me was understanding that forgiving is not reconciling. Mm-hmm. And like, because it's also in um, in the Bible, I think it's in Proverbs that it says, the wise man sees evil and he steps away from it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're forgiving someone doesn't mean that you have to go back to that person and be like, hey, pal, it's just right. that you moved on. Yeah. Right. Without like tearing somebody's somebody else's sin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's important to realize that forgiveness is not forgetting. A lot of times people are like, well, forgive and forget, it's in the Bible. No, it's not. Okay, it's not. It, it, if it is, it's right in there next to God helps those who help themselves. Also not in the Bible. Okay, it's not in there. Second Opinions, I guess, is that book. Okay, but here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about forgiveness and, and forgetting. We're always like, but, but I thought it talks about like how God will remember their sins no more. Well, God can't forget. He knows everything. But what it means is God can treat somebody like they haven't sinned. And you're like, I can't do that. Well, duh, you're not God. But, but God can do that. And so, you know, it, it would make no sense. Like, you know, when, uh, when mine and Beth's daughters were, were, were much younger than they are now and they needed babysitters and stuff, you know, if, if a babysitter, like, abused them, maybe we get to where we can forgive them. We would try to get there. But they're never babysitting for them again. It's not like we're going to be like, oh, I forgot what they did. Well, no, that's just not going to happen. Okay, but here's, like, big picture. Man, y'all brought some really cool stuff. Uh, big picture of forgiveness is, I think it keeps with the humanity thing, which y'all have been talking about a good bit. We see this benefiting both people, offender and offended. Okay, the things that forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not denying justice. This is a hugely important point. For whatever reason, um, we've come to believe that forgiveness and justice are mutually exclusive. That if you forgive, well, that means, you know, you, you, you just can't, whatever. I just want you to hear this very specific example. Okay? You can forgive them and still press charges. That's really important. You can forgive them and still press charges. You can press charges first and then go through this ongoing process and eventually get to where you forgive them. But that's the thing. You can do that. I would argue you should. Okay? You can forgive and press charges. That's reality. I just want to say that. Um, all right, so we're going to watch, we're going to watch a video that has, that has justice and forgiveness in it. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty long. It's about, four, it's about a four, four and a half minute clip, uh, which is only about a third of the, the whole thing. Um, let me give you a little background because we're going to jump right in the middle of it. Um, an 18-year-old minor league pitcher named Andrew Bellotti um, was driving way too fast. Um, and car pulled out in front of him. He was not under the influence of anything. He was just driving way, way too fast. Car pulled out in front of him. Um, for whatever reason, his instinct was not to slam on the brakes. His instinct was to go around it. So he crossed the yellow line, uh, colliding with a car uh, driven by a man named David Reed and his son, and his son Garrett's in the car with him. Uh, Garrett's 17. Uh, David is, is killed at the scene. Um, Garrett survives. Um, Andrew, the driver of the car, survives. Um, and so what we're going to watch um, now is a piece of this. I, I saw this on SportsCenter a couple weeks ago. Um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see Garrett speaking, the son. We're going to see Andrew, uh, the, 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 the young man who uh, caused the accident, speak. And we're also going to see Garrett's uh, mom uh, speak some. Uh, there's a narrator speaking over some stuff, too. Um, and I just want you to just really just listen and just take this in. Um, it's 
a lot. Okay, I just want you to know that going in. It is real, it is raw, it is emotional, uh, but it is a profound example of how forgiveness is not only not denying justice, but it is also remembering people's humanity, both those impacted and the people that cause the, 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 uh, the sin. So uh, about four and a half minutes long, uh, so watch this and then we'll talk about it. Anyone who's had any kind of life at all has made dumb decisions that could have had so 
Fortunately, most of us don't have to deal with that. The judge granted Lynn's appeal for leniency. Through a plea agreement, Andrew was sentenced to eight months in jail and placed on five years probation. Between time served and time off for good behavior, he was released in February of 2011, spending less than 90 days behind bars. How does she not want me convicted? Because she said something along the lines of, you know, I'm not the strong ally. And she had, she had every right to say, for me to burn down something along those lines. Yeah. All right, that's a lot, and I know it's a lot. Um, if you want to know more of the story, I will post a link to the entire uh, piece in our group me later on, uh, tonight or tomorrow. It's about 13 minutes. Um, the last scene is Andrew meeting uh, Garrett and his mom for the first time. And... Um, that is, that is something else. Um, the hugs and the tears. And at one point, uh, Lynn, the mom, looks at Andrew and says, I'm so proud of you. And that's the one that just, that, that just blew my mind hearing that. It's like, how in the world is she saying that to him? Um, all right, so... I know it's tough, but if we're up for it, I would like to get some of y'all's um, thoughts. Um, what do you got? What are some things from that that you were just that really struck you that got your attention? What do you think? And if we're not up for sharing, that's okay. But if we are, I'd like to hear what y'all have to say. How much of a punch can there be? Has been enough. Right. <laughs> Mm. And that's interesting because later on what Garrett says is he said, we did the right thing by, by forgiving him, by making sure that he was accountable for his actions but not ruining his life. We did the right thing. And that's, that's pretty powerful for sure. That's the gift that forgiveness gives to you, not just the offender. Because that, that's exactly, when we hold on to that bitterness and rage and anger, I mean, even when something horrible has happened, that's what's going to harden, harden our heart. Near the end of the, of the, of the, of the full clip, uh, Lynn, the mom, says, uh, I just hope Andrew can... I just hope he can forgive himself because oftentimes the hardest person for us to forgive is ourselves. But, y'all, I think the Reed family there just lived out that whole forgiveness is and forgiveness is not list. I mean, that's just, 
They did so much of that. They did so, so much of that. Um, now, like I said, I know it's a lot. I know this is tough. Uh, the video and, and the whole talk in general. And look, I, I'm not going to stand up here and try to claim to know what you're dealing with, what you've got going on, like whose who's face you can't get out of your mind right now because, um, because forget, no forgiveness, you, you can't forgive them or they haven't forgiven you. I, I don't know. But I know that forgiveness is a wonderful thing. It's also a very difficult and very painful thing. But I'm not about to stand up here and be like, all right, before you leave or not, you need to forgive that person of that thing because forgiveness is process. Okay, but if we harden our hearts to the point that we're not ever willing to let any forgiveness out, we're also going to harden to the point that we're not going to be able to let any forgiveness in. That's why the question for tonight is how soft is my heart? Okay, the, the list talked about forgiveness as an ongoing process. And I don't know where you are in that process with maybe something that you've been really struggling with, something horrible was done uh, to you, or maybe even not to you, maybe to, you know, to someone that you care about. One of, the, one of the longest times that I had a hard time forgiving somebody, they hadn't done anything to me. They'd been a complete jerk to my wife. And if you've met Beth, you're like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. That's the problem. Um. But it is a process. This is not in my notes, but okay, God, this is a good story. I'm going to tell this. Um, that person uh, worked at my polling location for voting for a while. And at this point, Lexi was like four or five. And for two, maybe three years, I took Lexi with me every time I went to vote because I did not trust myself to be anywhere near a Christian, and a Jesus follower if I bumped into this person while I was there to vote. Um, but then as I, as I prayed and prayed for this person, also prayed for God to soften my heart, it got to the point where I was like, all right, I don't have to take Lexi there. I'll be, I would be okay. We're not going to have some huge, long conversation, but I could be civil because for the first couple of years, I would not have been able to be civil. Uh, so it is very much a process. Um, and I guess I don't know where you are in the process, but I, knew, I do know that when we find ourselves in a situation where we have the opportunity to forgive, we find ourselves at one of these intersections, like on our theme slide, one of these places where heaven and earth meet. Okay? This intersection idea where heaven and earth meet, and there's not just one intersection where heaven and earth meet. They meet all over the place. But I think... I think when it comes to forgiveness, it's like we're, we're, we're at an intersection. We have to figure out what we want to do. Now, maybe there's something you've already forgiven. You're, you're, you've gone on down whichever one of those roads is, uh, is forgiveness. Maybe you're ready to forgive, but you're not quite there. Or maybe you're almost close, and maybe you're just not interested in forgiveness at all. But if we think about it, like, let's think about it this way. If We'll say that this path up going up that way, that's the forgiveness path. Okay, now the exact opposite of that, this one, that's like vengeance. That's the stuff that Garrett was talking about early on. When if I got a chance, I'd kill him. Okay, but the things where we're like turning, I think that's like denying. Like, I'm just going to act like it didn't happen. And then stuff like this is we're going to cover it up. Not, yeah, it happened, but it's not that big a deal. And 
Like, make no mistake, y'all, those three, whether it's denying or being apathetic or vengeance, that's not the way of Jesus. Okay, that is not the way of Jesus because, y'all, the way of Jesus is the way of forgiveness. We're talking about someone who asked God to forgive the men that killed him while they were killing him. And he's literally hanging on the cross and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But regardless of how far you've walked up this path of forgiveness, and I say up because it is a struggle. It is not a nice downhill coast. It is, it is difficult. Regardless of how far down there, down that path you've walked, if you're on that path, you are in process. Even if you're just facing that direction, but haven't taken a step yet. I think you're in process. I think you're on the way, the way of Jesus. And that's good because you're following his example. And no, nobody expects you to run down that path of forgiveness. It's difficult. Okay, so wherever you are on it, if you're still dead center of that intersection and you're looking back and forth and you're not sure, but if you're at least looking in the direction, understanding that, okay, I am nowhere near ready to forgive this person, but I know that's something I need to do. Just that acknowledgement is a huge step in the process. That's a huge step in the process. So wherever you are in that process, as long as you're in it, that's okay. Just keep your heart soft to God's love. He'll get you where you need to be. So again, one last time, our question, how soft is my heart? If you're battling with trying to forgive somebody of some wrong they've done, whether it was a one-time thing or a, or a repeated thing, if you're battling with that, and you can still hear me, you haven't run out of here and just gotten in your car and driven off because you're like, forget it, or you're listening to the podcast and you've gotten this far along, let me just say this, your heart is softer than you realize. And frankly, whether I know you well or not, I'm really proud of you for not leaving here and not turning off the podcast. Really proud of you. And more importantly, so is Jesus. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we live with soft hearts so we can give and receive forgiveness. Let's pray, y'all. God, thank you for forgiving us. We owe you way more than a bajillion dollars. Thank you for uh, thank you for modeling forgiveness. Thank you for your son modeling it, forgiving the people that were killing him while they were killing him. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. God, I, I know that for those of us in the room right now or listening to the podcast later, I, I know that, that for some of us this hits really hard. And, and this is just really challenging. And one of those times when, quite frankly, it's easier to not be a follower of your son. But God, I pray that you would give us the courage to follow the Jesus way, uh, the way of forgiveness. God, um, some of us are, are struggling with forgiving ourselves. And we're convinced that you haven't forgiven us. God, remind us that a soft heart is about receiving your forgiveness also.
God, I just pray for, um, I don't know, I just really feel like this is, just, this is a tough thing for so many of us, and I feel like some of us are really, really struggling with this. And so I just pray that you would give us the courage to keep our hearts soft and that you would remind us that forgiveness is not something we have to do alone. That we have folks that love us and will come along beside us and walk with us uh, through that process, God. Uh, We love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.